Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. We've been sitting here in front of these microphones for like 20 minutes just in dead silence. It seems none of us have anything to say to each other, so... Well, I'm upset at Tass. Is it time for the airing of grievances? It is. Go on. Why? Well, first off, look at him. (laughs) (laughs) Just look at his smug face. He's not wrong. Uh, But also because we haven't played video games in a long while. We haven't. I'm sad by that. So, Tass, this is your fault. I understand. I keep trying to jump in to his favorite games, but for some reason I just can't connect to all the single-player games he plays. It's very hard. Like, I've tried to join TJ's single-player games a couple times, too, and it keeps saying um, single-player. Yeah, yeah, it does. I understand that I'm I'm messing it up, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> when they make Red Dead Redemption 2 for social play, then I will be all over that. I think they you guys. are. At Grand Theft Thoroughbred. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> uh Yeehaw Simulator. <laughs> what are all the names we can come up with? The one I've seen is Yeehaw Skyrim. Oh, nice. Oh, that's nice. good. Okay. Um. <laughs> oh, boy. If you could see the pain on their faces. Well, what they're thinking. Uh, so we are going to be uh, on December 29th and 30th. We are going to be at Fort Wayne PopCon. Uh, we're going to have a booth there. The guys will be running that booth. We'll be doing some giveaways, some events. Uh, and then just a reminder that at the end of this month, about a week and a half from the time you're hearing this, uh, that that is the entry deadline for the fan art contest. Uh, we have gotten some some great entries so far. Uh, one of my favorite ones is Margaret. I actually showed the real Margaret that fan art, uh-huh. and she died. She loved it <laughs> so, so much. So if you're interested in entering that, the deadline is Sunday, November 25th. So while we were away, do you have additional Red Dead Redemption names? Red Dead Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, Call of the Wild. Rudy Tooty Point and Shooty Two. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you You're know, our you best boy. You know, what, you know what, Jake? You win. You get to say it this week. You win. <laughs> What's it time for, Jake? I think it's time for the recap to roll. <laughs> so what you're saying is that like every day, like he's going to take another harm yep. and he's just going to keep feeling this pain or like, is it just, I guess I don't know because I haven't done any research on him. It's weak to fire or decapitation and it has to sleep in its grave on Saturdays. All right, who do we ask about that if that's a thing? Rev, maybe? Yeah, I guess. I don't know anyone else who's better with, like, creature lore. The thing that I know about Verkulakis, there are not very many of them around, but they... I mean, they're essentially the assassins because if they can get this poison into you, all they have to do is not be found for six days. I was going to get with all of the different science teams and everything. So then that way they can set up a sensory grid around the world for this particular gas. The new piece of information actually that you discover through this is that 
If you die from the poison of a Verkalakis, that's what you come back as. You guys are kind of sitting around just having a talk, and mid-sentence Tass kind of seizes up, and you actually see for the first time visible green fills his eyes, and he coughs. Jake is awake, and his phone buzzes. And it's a text from Ori. Dude, I've been trying to get intel, and the only Verkalakis that I can find anything on is new to the ranks. They say he was raised by Grigori a few months back in an old theater that burned down. <laughs> Damn it! Holy oh, shit. It is around 3 o'clock in the morning, and you have received this text message from Ori, so what are you going to do? Like, you going to wake everybody and, and tell them, or? No, no. Because Tass needs to sleep and TJ's not here anyway. No, I think that I would probably just try and do whatever legwork I can by myself until people wake up. And by legwork, I don't mean moving anywhere at all. I just mean like <laughs> Googling, like seeing uh, what I can figure out about the building after we left or where that guy's body was taken or anything like that. So that when people do wake up, I can just be like, hey, I got a text from Maury. It's the Halifax. Here's what I know about it now. Let's go. Roll investigate a mystery. I should stop investigating mysteries. Or I should figure out how to get my tough into <laughs> investigating a mystery. I assume you go down to the library and flex for whoever's behind the desk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a five. Oh, no. Hmm. Yeah, you search around uh, on your phone for a while. And really, the only thing you can find, of course, is the obituary for the lighting designer who died at the Halifax that kind of sent you guys there. Did that level you up? That did level me up. So what are you going to take? I'm going to take plus one to tough. So that's one of the basic improvements still. I can get plus one tough to a max of plus three, which is what I have now. Nice. Oh, wow. And you have advanced kick some ass. I do. Um, so hopefully I start really capitalizing on that. Because yes. <laughs> isn't one of the options just double damage? Yeah. Completely hold the advantage. Everyone gets plus one forward. No harm. Double damage. Or you route the enemy. You drive them away. Nice. All right. So it's about 8 o'clock in the morning now, and TJ wakes up from the floor of the science lab. Tass wakes up from Rev's couch. Uh, what are you guys doing in the morning? Well, I didn't bring any of my stuff, so I'll probably have to go use Rev's toothbrush. And <laughs> you, know. you notice that his master bathroom actually has a ward on it. No one is able to go into it except him. <laughs> Clever girl. Uh, I'd make a dope breakfast before <laughs> before people woke up. Okay. Some fat French toast and a bunch of eggs. Bacon. Yeah. Oh. I'm pretty bacon. much uh, just getting whatever cold coffee is left. I, I look like a wreck. I'm just like watching monitoring stations and everything and doing uh, shifts with other science people. Jake, did you sleep at all? No. Um, <laughs> you shut up. No, I, that's what I have to say. I, I like this breakfast, but I don't like the vibe you're giving off right now, man. I, I throw a plate of bacon <laughs> and eggs at him. <laughs> um, uh, I got a text from Ori, actually. He says that there's only one Verkalakis in play right now, and it was raised at the Halifax. I think that the lighting designer that died there might have been turned. What? Yeah. I couldn't really find out anything else about what happened there, like, since we've been gone. I'm already moving around the room, like, picking up my guns, loading, loading, checking, getting everything in order, and, like, clearly getting ready to leave. I assume that you're doing this so fast that you're actually loading your breakfast into it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Putting sausage links in the shotgun. Yeah. I'm very tired still, very groggy. <laughs> you gotta eat something, dog. You are already looking pretty thin. 
Uh, I'm trying to answer you as I'm loading my gun, but there's bacon in my mouth. Yeah, okay, good. But yeah, I mean, other than that, I once we've eaten something and are ready to go, I'm ready to go. So yeah, you guys pack up and head out. I'm going to call TJ on the way, say, meet at the Halifax. It's on. I uh, will get it, and I'll start getting all my stuff. I was thinking that since this is a gas-like monster, that we should have gasks, gasks, gas masks of some sort. I like the abbreviation of gasks, though. Yeah, gasks. Yeah. TJ, how are you getting there? Public transportation. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys uh, roll up in Jake's car, the license plate flips, uh, and as you get out of the car, you see TJ across the street getting off of the bus. Uh, he has a very large duffel bag over his shoulder, and he's wearing a gas mask. <laughs> and this is in- Indianapolis. Okay, yeah, I'll buy it. Do you have two more of those? Yes, I do. I'll take it and kind of like put it on the top of my head, like ready to pull down when I need to go in. Well, Ori texted me back. He said that the only Verkalakis, uh in the field right now was, to quote him, raised by Gregory a few months back at an old theater that burned down. And he didn't know if that would ring any bells, but it rings a very, very loud bell. I have pulled the mask down and am walking towards the entrance. You know, this is a skeleton, what is left. It's going to be the first floor. There are some remnants of the second floor. And other than that, from the outside, you can't tell what has survived. Uh, So it kind of explained to me where you guys are going. What are you doing? I've got in my head that I want to check out this basement again, like where we found the ley line. On the way to that, I want to be looking for footprints or any sign of anything moving through here recently. What are you guys doing? You just kind of following? I am. I am not going to try to investigate anything else. I'll use the vacuum uh, sensory device and start vacuuming up the The air to see. The air, yeah. Okay. Uh, So Tass, roll investigate a mystery as you kind of try to pick your way back to where you remember those hidden set of stairs being okay uh that's a five Oof. you do notice that there seem to be marks as if someone has been moving through here it's ash and mud in some areas uh, but there are definitely clear signs that someone has been through here and as you get back to where you remember being the stairs that led down there's a very large concrete slab laying over where you assume the top of those stairs should be. Uh, check this out, and I'll show him the slab. And I'm going to move it. All right, uh, roll no limit. Ten. You were able to slide that slab away, and the stairway is revealed. I'm going to aim my little vacuum thing towards the stairway. Uh, you do not smell any Hawaiian breeze. Hmm. <laughs> but and just to clarify, it is not a thing made of gas. It is not just constantly putting this gas off. It spit that gas out at Tass to get him sick, but it's not just a trail it leaves. Oh, okay. I guess I'll go down the stairs then. Yeah, I'm going down. Okay. All right. Shotgun up and ready. Not first, he's not. I'll go I'll go down first. Like if TJ just starts to go down, I'm gonna like grab his shoulder and be like, well now hold on a second. I Pull think him back there's a little. clearly a three stooges like at the top of the stairs. Yeah. Just like jammed in like oh, yeah. So Jake is going down first and Tass is right behind him and TJ is over the shoulder. As you start to descend the stairs, it's dark. You remember when you were down here with Rev before that the only light down here was from the candles. What are you guys using? Phones, flashlights? Flashlights. I I think we've wised up at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you get your flashlights out. As you go down, you get to the bottom of the stairs, and here's essentially the room where you kind of learned about the ley lines. The crack in the floor is still there. Uh, But in the far corner of the room, you can see that the stone there is gone in about a six by four rectangle. And there is 
fresh earth piled next to it. Oh, I'm going to go check it out. Right now it is just an empty grave. Okay. I'm going to test my thing on it. Does it fart in its sleep? (laughs) Uh, You don't get any Hawaiian breeze. Okay. Just in general, you do not get any Hawaiian breeze, (laughs) None for you. None for you. Do we know what does happen if they don't sleep in their grave on a Saturday? There's been no real information. It's just that that is their weakness, that they have to. Hmm. So I guess maybe think of it like a compulsion, that it is against their against their will. It will happen. They will go there, almost like a werewolf with a full moon, like it is not an option. Hmm. So here's the bad news. We have now made it clear that we know where it lives. So it, if it comes back here at some point, it knows that we know. But I guess the good news is it doesn't have a choice. It's got to come back here. One of us could go grab some food and I could pull the slab back over the stairs and we could just chill here until Saturday night and that thing comes back if we wanted to. Here's what I don't like about this whole thing is that there's just a grave down here in the basement. Like this wasn't here. None of this was going on when we came. So if this is really where he was interred originally, there's something else going on because he died the day before we got here. His body was taken out of the building and then everything that we did came after. What does that mean? Does that mean that this body got marked by Gregory in the first place to get used? He, what, stole it, came back here, dug this and put him there, like as a safe place to hide this or? Yeah, I mean, I think that we could figure out what happened to that guy after he died. Like that's got to be not necessarily public record, but not that well kept. So that's what we could do. We could leave here right now and we could figure out what happened to that guy's remains. And if it's, oh, he was buried in this cemetery somewhere. We can go check that out and see if that grave is disturbed. This might be a trick. This might be somebody misleading us. Or if it's like his remains were never found or it got to the morgue and then disappeared, then we might know, okay, well, somebody took it after he was dead and brought it back here to raise him here. Yeah, that's a good call. All right. So let's check this out. Let's cover our tracks here to the best of our ability. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So yeah, I think we'll go up and then try to move the slab back into place and- Jake, roll it. 10. Yeah, so you were able to get it back in place. Um, Who's going to be in charge of trying to get rid of the proof that you guys were here? I'll do it. Okay. Good man. Roll act under pressure. Oh, I was hoping you'd say that. (laughs) I thought you might. (laughs) Wow, what is up with this today? Oh, no. Uh, Yeah, okay, that's uh, that's a six. That's a hard six. I want to bottle it up for a one, a plus one to get me into a mix. All right. So you can do this, but one of three things is going to happen. Either you can't quite tell the patterns and the footprints, what are whoever's been moving here before you, and what is one of yours, and so you're only positive you'll hide the movement of two people. Or you can do it, but it's going to be so precariously balanced in some areas that you're not sure you'd be able to rig it that way again. Or you're going to attract some attention while you do it from the city at 10 o'clock in the morning. I kind of like the second one, but that messes us up if we want to set up a trap later. So I think I'm going to go with the first one that and hope that they just don't notice a single set. Maybe they'll think it's part yeah. of what they had done. I think right. that's the, the way to go. So where are you guys heading? What are you doing? I mean, we can go back to IPT if we want to actually like sit down and plus we can talk to Margaret. It was one of our dudes. Yeah. All right. Let's start there. Yes. Yeah, so you guys head on back to IPT and uh, Margaret sees you coming in. Found anything helpful so far? Yeah, I mean, uh, Jake really came through for us. Um, he got a hold of a contact and, and led us back to the Halifax. 
there's a grave there. Oh. We think there's a, a chance, at least, that it was the designer that died in the theater. Thomas Curry. Yeah, I mean, there are clear signs that something was going on there. We are uh, hoping to do a little research and, and make sure. Well, yeah, just, <laughs> just to make sure, I guess. Um, because in theory, if it's where they were first interred, we need to make sure that that body never made it to an actual graveyard. And if it did, I mean, I don't know, it could be a trap. It could be a coincidence. It could be a lot of things, but I I just, I need to be sure because we only have one shot at setting up this trap for Saturday. Do you have any idea of mortuaries that were used or anything? I would just look in the newspaper usually Mm, uh, with someone's obituary. It says where the service will be. No, that's fair. All right. We're going to do a little research. I don't think that you have to investigate anything to find this. But you do find that uh, his funeral uh, was held at a small place about an hour south of town. He was survived by his sister, Kimmy. All right, I guess. Um, what do you guys like? Do we want to talk to the sister first, or do we want to head to... like The cemetery? This? Well, I mean, they're, clearly they would have buried something, like unless we're going to actually go out there and dig up the body... I was going to say cemetery, so I was going to say we go see if there's a grave for that dude there and, and if it looks like it's been disturbed. Okay, yeah, well, let's let's do that first. Uh, is there anything in particular you guys want to do or talk about on the way there? It'll be about an hour to get there. Get some road snacks. Go get some combos from the gas station. Mm, Got to get me that sweet Mountain Dew live wire. Jake, roll luck. For my phone to keep signal and we don't get lost somewhere in southern Indiana. Good news. Boxcar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was just for traffic conditions <laughs> on a Friday around Indianapolis. Oh, that's All a right. good call. So yeah, you guys get down to this small church. It is about noon now. I'm so mad I just wasted that roll on that. <laughs> Of all things. Uh, well, you know what? But that included getting snacks. Oh, oh good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. So I think it, it really paid off in the end. <laughs> As you guys roll up, there is a small church at this address, and you can see that there is a graveyard out behind it. Out front, there is a little blue car parked, and you can see an older woman carrying some things back and forth from her car to inside the building. That's the only car here? Yeah. I guess we'll approach that woman then. Oh, Hello. Hello, how are you? Uh, good, can I help you? Yes, um, we are here to pay respects. We missed the service for someone we know, but we wanted to come visit the grave. His name was Thomas Curry. Do you know where his plot is? Oh, do you know, does he have family here or? Uh, he had a sister named Kimmy, but I don't honestly know a lot about her. Uh, and I don't know oh, like if his parents were buried she here. She ran the funeral, didn't she? I don't know. We we couldn't make it to the service. I oh. I learned sort of third hand about this. I think I remember that she was the one uh, who who was in charge then. Uh, yeah, it it should be out. I would search over on the the far left side. That's where a lot of the newer families are. Um, I believe that she came in and she bought uh, two plots uh, after his passing. One for each of them. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. Yes, of I'm course. sorry. What's your name? Uh, my name is Stephanie. Oh, it's nice to meet you. My, I'm Jake. Oh, hi, Jake. Do you work here? Yes. Oh, what's your role? Oh, I, I run the funeral services when they uh, need to be had here. That's very nice of you. Oh, yes. That's a wonderful calling. Well, I mean, if you have the opportunity to try to make someone's day a little easier when they're dealing with something very rough, it, I, I find it's very rewarding. You're a good person. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you so much, and I'll start to move on. All right. So you guys head back towards the graveyard behind the church and you go to the area that she specified and you do find a gravestone there, but it does not seem that the earth has been disturbed. And then there is a empty plot next to it that is Sans headstone. I want to check out that empty plot as well. Roll investigative mystery. 
Hmm. Snake eyes. Uh, that's like a four. It's yeah. not like a four. It is a four. Mm. Yeah, you don't find anything unusual about it, but you can tell that the condition that the grass there is in, it's the same on both sides, on the empty plot and this plot. Okay, so yeah, it just seems like nothing has been disturbed. Correct. Okay, maybe that is all we need to know. If this has clearly not ever been dug, then yeah, that, it could it could be right. That could be him. Let's go back. I want to talk to Stephanie again. Okay. And before we leave. Oh, hello. Hi. Um, It's just odd to me. Was his plot never dug up? Uh, No, uh-uh. it was not. Oh, why? What, was, did they not find a body? or? Uh, I don't know exactly. I just know that it was a large photo that they used and everybody kind of left gifts for the sister. I remember her saying something about him wanting something unconventional done with his body, I, I, but I couldn't tell you what it was. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Of course. Yeah. All right. Okay. We're cooking. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. I imagine just without taking a <laughs> yeah. step, you just yeah. 180 from her. Oh, thank you. All right. Let's do this. <laughs> and she's like, what? Let's kill this guy again. Oh, yeah. I think we need to head back to the IPT, get some gear, and then head back to that place and set it up for this guy. Yep. I agree. Same. All right, so you guys climb into the car, and you start to pull out of the church, and the car is handling funny. You notice right away. Oh, well, then I'll just, yeah, stop before we get out of the lot, I guess, and... I'll take a look at it. All four tires are flat. What? Slashed flat, or... Roll investigative mystery. I assume TJ went, they're all flat, and then I said, slashed flat, and then TJ said... (laughs) (laughs) That would be a 10. All right, you get a hold, too. What's being concealed here? You can very clearly see that all four tires have been slashed. It is not punctures from nails or something. Uh, like, is it multiple slash on each tire or like one slash? Or uh, There are two on each tire. Two, like in a pattern that they're like next to each other? or No, one at the top on the actual tread mm-hmm. and then one at the bottom on the side. Okay, so like probably with like some kind of sharp instrument. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm looking for like claw marks and stuff like that. No, it's Being very... a monster hunter and everything. Yeah, so. you'd think it was probably a knife or at least some kind of a blade. Okay. And it looks like uh, these have been cut by a blade, guys. Like some somebody purposely did this. Uh, and like I'm... looking over by the church and thinking of Stephanie for some reason. I'm tromping back to the, to the building to look for her, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's uh, carrying a plate of cookies inside. Hi, uh... This is a weird question. Do you guys by chance have like security cameras around here? Oh, no. Oh, good. Yeah, somebody slashed our tires. In the short time you were here? Yep. Well, that's strange. I didn't even see anyone else come. Uh, That was going to be my next question. If anybody else had been wandering around or if anybody else works here. No. I mean, yeah, other people work here, but I haven't seen anyone in the, what, four minutes you were here? Yeah. As he's talking to her, I just want to try and get a read on her. Like, if I think that she's being honest, if she looks shifty, or if when he asks if anyone else has been here, does she look somewhere for a moment, or anything like that, you know? Okay. Uh, this is going to sound leading, I promise it's not. Uh, but roll, read a bad situation. Okay. There's not really a good sense motive in this game. Uh, nine. So you get a hold one. I guess, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? So as you start to look around, you glance back at your car and the sunlight hits the front of the car and you notice that there is a grease smudge right at the lip of the hood. You walk over to look at it and you open up the hood and you can't quite tell what. Something's been done to the engine and it seems like it's on a delay, like that it wasn't supposed to happen right away when the car started, but maybe shortly after. Uh, TJ, it looks like somebody dicked with the engine. Uh, what happened here? With my second hold. 
Yeah, someone has messed around with the inside of the engine and almost looks like they've put a new component in that you haven't seen before. And that if the car runs for a certain amount of time, it would start to spray some other chemical into the combustion chamber and cause it to explode. Okay, well, I'm going to definitely use engineering to, one, get that out of there and to fix the engine as best I can. Okay, roll it. That's a nine. On a seven and nine, you need more time to study it. Choose to fix or break it now with unknown side effects or take more time. I think I'll take more time. Yeah, so you can get this piece out, but auto mechanics is not your thing. Right. It's going to take a couple of hours to get this piece out safely without possibly blowing it up. Uh, How could this have possibly happened in the several minutes we've been here? If this is some shit that's going to take you a while to fix, like... Who could have who could have done this? I mean, I guess the engine might have been there for a while. The tires sure weren't. What if somebody had done this earlier and somehow slashing the tires was done to stop us from going and triggering it? No, that's too much. No, that yeah, that sounds like right to me. So yeah, I mean, if this was meant to pump something into the car that would cause us to die, why would they want to slash the tires so that we couldn't drive and let that happen? And I'm Kind of looking back at Stephanie again. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I guess we can go back over there and... Hey, Stephanie? Yes. So you didn't see anybody it, it, at a, around at all, let alone close to our car, right? No, but I mean, I was inside laying out cookies. Yeah. Is there anyone else who would ever have a reason to be here? Like, just at this time of day? Oh, sure. Uh, lots of people. I mean, it depends on what's going on that day. Uh, the families come in early for funerals. We have service on Sunday and Wednesday. Uh, the pastor comes in oftentimes to prep his uh, sermon or, you know, meet with the people for counseling. Do you have an on-staff pastor? Yes. Well, what's his name? Uh, his name is Father Smith, uh, Martin Smith. Um, I'm going to pull out my phone and I want to send a text to Ori and say, you've been in town recently? There's no instant response. The The thought occurs to me that like... Someone who might have known what was happening and that we were about to die and could get in and get out could have been Ori. That Ori could have just teleported here, cut our tires and gotten the hell out. Like, because he heard them saying, like, you're going to blow up their car. Yeah. I'm just curious if it's him. But that's the only way I can think to to phrase that innocuously. So I will wait for that answer in the meantime. Um, Stephanie, is there an auto shop around here where we could go grab some new tires? Uh, Yeah, I, there's one. I think it's about 20 miles down the main road there. <laughs> Oh, man. What? We have different definitions of around here. I guess being from a city, I'm used to a block, you know, not oh. 20 miles. Oh, no. Welcome to the country. Yeah. Okay. Um, Stephanie, is there any way I could maybe bother you for a ride, I'd pay for gas, and a little extra for your time? Yeah, but it'll, it'll be a little bit I need to finish setting up before the family arrives. Oh, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I can just teleport back. I can teleport to the dealership. I've been to car places before I can just go pick up some new wheels as a whole and come back here and we can fix the tires and I can do that in the time it takes TJ to fix the engine and we can be on our way back home. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, we got to get going. Be careful. Let me know if something bad happens. Clearly somebody's got our number here. Yeah, no kidding. So yeah, that's pretty much what I would be doing is just sort of keeping watch over TJ as he works and yeah. Okay. So Jake gets back with the tires. TJ is working on the engine. Changing the tires out is going to take maybe 25 minutes to do all of them, but you will need to wait until TJ is done. He is working with something that is kind of explosive. Uh, so it's about 1.30 now. TJ is about halfway through fixing the engine. 
and more cars start to show up. Uh, and it must be the funeral that she was talking about. Um, is there anything you guys want to do while you're waiting for TJ to, to finish this? Um, I mean, really just try to stay out of the way of these people as much as we can. Yeah, try not to cause a, a kerfuffle. Yeah. I might go peep that grave again and see if anything changed. Uh, yeah, nothing looks different out there. Okay. Uh, so it gets to be about three o'clock and TJ has finished with the removal of this component in the engine. Uh, you guys start to change the tires. Not a hard task. Uh, so you're back on the road about 3.30 headed towards where? IPT. Jake, roll luck. 10. You guys get back to IPT about 4.45. So you guys have come back here to get gear. What are you going to get? Boy, we are pretty low on resources. Yeah. Um, how many gear points do you guys have? I have none gear points. <laughs> okay. I have three gear points. Okay, I have two. One of the things that I know one of the playbooks has, the flake has a garrot. Um, so if this thing needs to be decapitated, I feel like that's a good a good way to do it. Like Especially for me, if I need to essentially grapple with it and get a garrot around its neck and like no limits its head off... I could do that. Yeah, I like um, that. But that thing does three harm, so that's three of our five down right there. Because the other thing would be like a flamethrower, which is also a, a three harm weapon, it looks like, and we we don't have enough to buy both of them. Something fiery would be delightful, just in the sense of, you know, let's mow the thing down, even if we get its head off, but and then also set it aflame. You know, just really, really get this guy, you know, just want to get him got with what we get to got him. <laughs> You got it. Sweet. Can we run to the corner liquor store? <laughs> Go on. Just uh, party time? Or? Yeah, and just get... Oh, are you guys going to start the week early? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I want in on this. Some of us are. Um, no, I want to go buy a couple of bottles of just like the nastiest, yeah, proof stuff. highest yeah. proof shit I can find that'll burn and have it ready for to be Molotov cocktails. Essentially. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I think that you could get you could probably get two out of a bottle, and so you know mundane items are a, a point apiece. So okay, so we could spend our last two and get four Molotov cocktails out of it. Yeah, and those will do. Uh, we'll say they'll do one damage, but they'll have the essentially the status effect of on fire, which is you know the other weakness. Okay, yeah. nothing's gonna yeah. go wrong with this at all. No, yeah. so that's all of our points gone. Uh, a garrot and four Molotov cocktails. Not an insignificant number of Molotov cocktails. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> you know, it's way more than. I mean, I personally don't have any. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. Ha 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 ha. Definitely none. No one has one. But many people have potential for one. <laughs> uh, so is there anything else you guys are going to do before you head back? I don't think we need anything else. I actually, I don't think we need a trap even. Because like this thing isn't going in through the door. It can get in the same way I can get in. So yeah, it does turn into smoke. That's fair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we know we can't just go down there and survive. And even if we went down there and shut ourselves in, there's no way to hide the fact that we went down there. It's going to notice that. I think that we should just post up somewhere close, somewhere that we can observe, park the car somewhere that we can see the theater fairly well. And every hour or two or three or something, I will just teleport into that room, Molotov cocktail in hand, ready to light. And if it's not there... I come back and we know it's not there yet. And if it's there and it is already like asleep, I just get out and then we go bum rush it. And if it's there and it's not yet asleep, I throw a Molotov cocktail at it and I get out and then we go bum rush it. Actually, you know what? I guess I don't have to pop back out. We've got mics. I will eat a hit for a moment to try and get the slab out of the way and then 
radio so that he doesn't just disappear when I disappear. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Good call. Yeah. And in between, I'm going to nap because I didn't sleep the night before. That is accurate. I'm going to take several naps. (laughs) Okay. It's so beautiful and simple, and I love it, and let's just do that. It sounds good. I would say we even don't even take the car with us keep it at ipt and take some public transportation yeah clearly somebody knows what our car looks like. yeah i'm i'm a little scared about that that's I, a great point yeah so before it sounded like you were staking out in the car where are you staking out now that's the question what is a place nearby that we can see that we will not be seen and we can just stay there for maybe 36 hours if we have to hey we could always try to call in a favor with eddie and jeff and use their um maintenance truck <laughs> I'd throw him some cash for that. Just the Heck use yeah, of it for a day. Let's do that. Yeah, I mean, we can try that. I can ask them. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it'd be a kind of mundane work vehicle. I'm gonna text Eddie and or Jeff and see if I can borrow their van for a day. I'll let them borrow my car instead if they want it. He calls you. How big is your trunk? Why? But we work Saturdays, man. So okay. we got it. We 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 could switch you, I guess, as long as you're not doing something shady, but. We got to get all of our stuff into your car. You've ridden in the van. Do you think all our stuff could fit in your car? I actually think it could. Yeah, with just the two of you, it's got a big trunk and a lot of compartments in it. Okay. When? Now. Uh, Yeah. Can you give us about an hour? Unless you can meet us. Yeah, we'll meet you. We'll trade you cars. Okay. So you guys go and you meet Eddie and Jeff. Uh, You make the trade-off of the vehicles. They actually take one of their decals off the side. It's magnetic, and they put it on the side of your car. And yeah, everything fits. They get all of their uh, various cleaning gear (laughs) inside, and they've got a plunger that comes out of where Tess's shotgun usually drops out of. (laughs) And you guys get to the theater around the corner, park the van. Uh, What time do you want to basically post up? As soon as possible, I think. Okay, so you guys will be there by 6 o'clock on Friday night. Okay. Should I do a pop-in right now when we get there? Yeah, I don't think it hurts. There's always the chance that it's, you know, get here early and and scope things out itself. So yeah, it doesn't hurt. I'll do that pop-in. What are you using as your light source when you come in? Nothing right upon entry. I want to get in there in the dark and give it a second to see if like I immediately hear movement or anything. You know, like I don't want to pop in with a light source and he just laid down. If the dark might do me a favor for a second, I want to let it. So I want to pop in with no light and give it like a five or 10 count. See if I hear breathing or movement or anything and then just use a flashlight. That's fucking horrifying. The thought of doing that to yourself every two hours. Like I'm just going <laughs> to teleport into darkness and listen for a monster breathing and then I might oh. turn the light on. <laughs> If Rev had been in the fun house, that would have been his nightmare. (laughs) I have to go. Uh, I'll see you guys later. If I may, uh, the first time before you start to go in. Hey, Teach, can we uh, borrow your goggles? Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) And I set them to night vision and I hand them over to Jake. This is a streets ahead idea you've had. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. I'll do that instead. I'll wear night vision goggles. All right. So you're going to do a pop in at six o'clock. Mm-hmm. So you teleport into essentially this tomb. You listen. You don't hear anything. I'll slide on the night vision goggles. You don't see anything. Okay. Do I have like a clear sight? Like I'm like, there's nothing in here or could I be missing something? Where are you teleporting into? 
I would be teleporting into the corner directly opposite the grave. Um, so from there, can I see if the grave is empty? No, you'll have to walk up on it. The room is large enough that you can't see down into the hole fully from this far away. Okay. I think I would hug a wall. I think I would kind of take the long way around instead of cutting the diagonal because I also can't see the stairs, right? Correct. Yeah, so I want to kind of stay away from and with my back to a wall, kind of like hug my way around the room until I can get to where I can see in the grave and see if it's occupied. Roll act under pressure to sneak around the outside of this room and not make noise to see what's in the grave. Boxcars! Yeah! So you cross around the room very quietly, holding your breath, and you peek over the edge of the grave, and it is empty. Okay. And I want to look toward the stairs. You don't see anything. Cool. I'm going to test the mic real quick, as is, with the slab up. I want to see if I can even get reception just through it. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. And then I'll pop back into the van. Um, Okay. It's still empty. I can get signal down there through the slab. So if I go down there and it's down there, the first thing I'll do is let you guys know that it's there. So you can start moving and I'll work on the slab in a moment. Sure. I assume you're going to hit with Molotov, then work on slab? Yes. Very good. So I guess if we're in, in a technical order of operations, step one, hit it with a Molotov. Step two, radio that it's here. Step three, try and move the slab without dying. Step four, profit. Yeah. And now, and I go to sleep. <laughs> okay. Does anything in your pattern ever change? Does anybody do anything throughout the course of the night or Saturday while you wait for this to happen? I don't think so. Um, I'm going to use a little dry shampoo at one point. (laughs) So I think what we get next is a bit of a time lapse of you guys in the van. TJ and Tass are talking. Jake's watch goes off. He wakes up. He teleports into the tomb. And he stands in that silence. Then he puts the goggles on and finds the empty grave, teleports back. And this happens a couple times. And as... Jake is leaving the fourth time. TJ turns to say something to Tass, and he sees pain wash over Tass's face, and then a small trickle of blood comes out of the corner of Tass's nose. And he glances down at his watch, 12.01 a.m. on Saturday. And the time lapse speeds up as the day pushes on into Saturday and through Saturday. You guys eat, you play cards, you take naps, you send emails, and every two hours, Jake vanishes, checks the grave, and comes back. And every time he comes back, the pause before anyone says anything gets longer and a little more uncomfortable, and the day goes, and it goes, and it goes, and then it stops. His task grimaces in pain and coughs blood into his hand. And it is 12.01 a.m. on Sunday. I'm going to just kick the door open of the van and just go stand in front of the Halifax and just stare it down. So as you get outside of the Halifax, it is minutes after midnight. Roll read a bad situation. And that's a 10. Okay, you get a hold three. Uh, Are there any dangers I haven't noticed? You notice a figure coming through the rubble out the front door, and you recognize the shape on its face, this long beak. But it is odd to say that this is the most dangerous thing because it seems not threatening as it approaches you. Uh, oh, God, I think I'm just almost stunned. Does it look like, like, is it looking at me? Does it see me? Uh, it doesn't yet. Okay, just as quiet as can be on my throat, Mike. I think it's here, guys. I'm right out front. What's the biggest threat? Nothing here seems dangerous to you. The building itself is in disarray. You can't imagine that you guys were in there with any kind of safety but nothing about this figure reads as threatening. Oh, son of a bitch. I'm going to pull out my pistol 
and walk straight up to him. Don't I don't have it up. I don't have it, you know, aimed, but I'm I'm just running up. Hey, hey, who the hell are you? And you see that when you speak, it stops and looks towards you. You see the mask and the dark hoodie and the bandages, but it doesn't seem right. You almost feel like you're looking eye to eye with this, and that's not your recollection from before. Who are you? And you hear muffled sounds coming from underneath the bandages. I'm going to stalk up to him. I'm going to have the gun kind of halfway up, and I just want to slap that mask from underneath, like up off of his face. You see the wide, terrified eyes of the housekeeper of the Halifax. She has been weeping. Oh, shit. I'm going to holster the gun and just start getting everything off of her. I can't. Oh, God. What time is it over? What time is it? Just, just calm down. Who did this? I can't. I don't know. I just, someone came into my house and they, they threatened me. They said that they would kill me. And he said that I had to come here and he made me wear this. And I had to walk in and out of this theater every two hours, just back and forth. And I walked, there was this, there was a spot. He told me I had to go there and I walked in and I would turn around and I, I would walk in into it and then back. And then I would have to come back. And he said that if, if I did it until midnight on Saturday, he would leave me alone. Son of a bitch. Uh, are, are you hurt? I don't know. I uh, I need to lay down. Yeah, yeah, just come here, come here. It's all, it's all right, you're fine, you're going to be fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd just be getting all of that haggard stuff off of her and checking her over and, you know, using medic if I needed to and just making sure she's okay. Yeah, and so you start to check her out. The two of you come out of the van and you see that he is crouched over this person on the sidewalk and she is, she's a little beat up, but you're able to help her and a little bit of time passes and you're able to get her kind of up and comfortable again and and talking more clear-headedly. You're okay. You're going to be fine. Do you think he'll leave me alone? I did what he asked. I do. Okay. Was he dressed like this when he came to you? I didn't I didn't see he was behind me. How did he talk? What did his voice sound like? Was it gravelly? Was it a man's voice, a woman's voice? Was he it- had an accent. Um I think it was like uh, it sounded almost English, but it wasn't quite. I, I used to see the plays when the Halifax was open, and you would hear them do that kind of dialect. But it, but he had he did he had an accent. It didn't sound like an islander. It was definitely more of a. Did it sound British? Did it sound British? Is the closest thing that I could say. Okay, all right. Did he say hello, governor? <laughs> and then he picked my pocket, and possibly another one. Because you got to pick a pocket or two. <laughs> I mean, do we want to try to keep her at IPT for a while just to keep her safe? I, I think she's going to be fine, honestly. I mean, it couldn't hurt. You didn't breathe in any gas, did you? No. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I assume then that his, his work with her is done. And is it's because I fault? knew that things were happening. I talked to the news about the strange things that happened at this theater. Look, honestly, it might be. But that's not your fault. You were doing what you thought you needed to do. And... You, you did right. You, you got through this and, and you're safe. So you can come and, and stay with us if you want for a while. Do you believe you me? Safer? Yeah. yeah. Nobody would believe me. No one's going to believe this. No. We'll believe you. We absolutely believe you. And she starts to cry. You're able to lead her to the vehicle and take her back to IPT. And Margaret is like, yes, of course. Come, come, come this way. Come this way. Let's, let's have some tea. And um, she actually takes her into her office and closes the door and, and starts talking with her and making a drink for her and is going to spend some time with her. She's used to dealing with people, dealing with the shock of encountering stuff like this for the first time. Guys, I'm going to die. You're not going to die. We're going to figure this out. We've, we have dicked up a lot of things, but we have always come through in the end and we are going to come through in the end. 
I'm just going to go up and get some air. And I think I kind of pointedly break off from the group and just go up and look out over the skyline. It's unusually quiet. And because of the time of the year, you can see the sky pretty well. Yeah, I think I'm just up there having a good shame-filled cry at getting duped and just looking out, hoping for anything, hoping for inspiration, hoping for a direction. Roll trust your gut. I am going to use luck. So you stand on the roof of the IPT. You look out over the city, and you've been so deep inside of this thing trying to focus on how to deal with the moment that you haven't really gotten a chance to take a look at the bigger picture. And something about being outside always helps you with that. And you remember seeing Jake's text from Ori in your head. Jake, could you hand me that paper? You remember waking up very groggy and Jake telling you about the message that he got from Ori. And it strikes you that it was a text message, but it was very weirdly spaced. It wasn't like a full text. And so you run back down inside and you grab Jake's phone out of his hand and you open up the message from Ori and you realize that you should read the first letter of every line break. And as you do, the message reads, Don't go. Death awaits. Oh, no. shit. And as you look at the other two, just aghast at having not seen that before, into your focus over their shoulder is the obituary of Alexander White, the doctor from the Eye of Horus. Son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, shit. Damn. I'm going to have to kill Dr. White again. I beg your unbelievable pardon? I think his name is Dr. Light. There's Dr. Wiley and then Dr. Light. TJ? <laughs> oh, timing, buddy. <laughs> I need you to understand that if in two days I die, I hated you the most. <laughs> and I'll hold up the phone again and show him the text. And I'm going to point over at the obituary. It's Dr. White. We got him killed. He was brought back. He's the Verkalakis. Okay. Okay. So we know exactly who it is, right? So let's find out where he is. Well, we know where the grave is. I can teleport us there. Oh, good call. Yeah. Okay. Do we want to go straight to his grave or just to like the cemetery? I say straight to the grave. Okay. All right. Roll it. 10. So you guys appear in Michigan at the gravesite of Dr. White, there's a faint silhouette from the lights of the church, and there's someone sitting, leaning against the gravestone. Do they seem to, like, react at all when we pop in? They look up. I'm going to pull up my flashlight and see who it is. DJ, roll read a bad situation. <laughs> oh, woof. Uh, that'd be a four with a snake eyes. Yeah, you pull out your flashlight and you shine it at the figure sitting there and they don't even move to block it from their eyes. But you see the blue eyes of Alexander White looking back at you. The mask is resting on his knee. I spent so many years studying all these supernatural things. The thing that they don't tell you about compulsion, the thing that you can never understand is that, have you ever seen being John Malkovich? <laughs> it's like that. It's like I am sitting in the back and I'm watching myself do this thing. And then when it's done, I'm in control again. And you just have to live with what you've done. But the commands still come and you have to carry them out. But you get these horrible moments of being yourself again. Listen, man. If you had done this on purpose, I wouldn't be mad at you. It's my fault you died. That's on me, 100%. 
so I get it, and I don't blame you. You didn't do anything wrong, and I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. God. Oh, God damn, I'm sorry. I don't blame you. You don't join a monster hunting organization without knowing the risks. I just don't think I realized how strangely the whole thing could go. Yeah, no shit, right? I, um... I don't know what we do now. I did not expect you to be amicable. It changes. I've got commands I've been given, and when moments happen, I am in the backseat again. And then I am myself when it's done, or as I'm waiting for the next thing to trigger. Is, uh... One of the things that will trigger you, someone trying to kill you. And I want to like, I want to pay attention to how he reacts to that. What his physical response is to just bringing up, I'm going to try to kill you. All right. Uh, roll read about situation. That's a five. Oh, good. Oof. That's the weird thing, though. He didn't want you to die from what I did to you. He doesn't want you coming back as whatever it is he's made me. But he did want you to die. And you see him move his hand inside of his pocket. There's a tiny beep. And a violent explosion. and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hi folks. Let me see if I can sum up Midnight Burger in about 25 seconds. Really big monster! Zero irony. Pardon me, Gloria. Might my husband and I have a word? The radio is talking to me. So this is how it ends. Eaten by wolves in space. There's a pocket dimension in the deep freeze. This is the stupidest dystopia we've ever been to. What the hell is that? Because you're having a cigarette? In 415 million BC? Where are we? Space? Can you narrow that down? The bad part? Ava! Yeah, that didn't work at all. At the nexus of all things, there is a diner. Look for Midnight Burger on your favorite podcasting app, or just go to weopenat6.com.